You're listening to Behind the Red Shield, a podcast produced by the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South. I'm your host, Camille Connor. The purpose of this podcast is to go behind the scenes and hear from the people doing the daily work to achieve the Salvation Army's mission, which is to meet human needs in his name without discrimination. In this episode, I spoke with Youth Development Services Director Rhonda Crenshaw. We talked about her background in speech pathology and the work she does on a daily basis to build relationships between children and mothers residing at the Purdue Center of Hope. Let's get into the episode. Today we are joined by Rhonda Crenshaw, who is the Director of our Youth Development Services. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us today for the Behind the Red Shield podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I've been wanting to uh, have this conversation with you for like a year now. I just feel like you have so much uh, valuable insight to share, not just when it comes to youth development, but just also um, the mission of uh, the Salvation Army. And you have insight into the needs of youth in our Memphis and Mid-South communities. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And so first, um, again, the purpose of this podcast is not just to talk about, you know, the services we provide, but also just to learn a little bit more about the people who are making this whole thing happen and and working here at um, the Purdue Center of Hope or volunteering with the Salvation Army or whatever it may be um, to keep, you know, the fight marching on. So first, I just want to get a little bit of um, background or I want our listeners to get a little bit of background on um, your background and what led you to the Salvation Army. And you've been here for a few years, right? Yes, actually, I've been here now three years. I think I've just closed out my third year. Um, My background is actually in um, speech pathology. I practiced for 20 years and was afforded an opportunity, I think, to extend my practice in social services. Um, As a speech pathologist, of course, the obvious is to diagnose and treat communication disorders. And when you look at pragmatics and uh, the use of social language or the inability to um, to the inability of others to advocate for themselves affords me an opportunity to just align my skill set and hopefully help to propel the mission of Salvation Army. Yeah, and so what drew you to uh, the Salvation Army and to this position in particular? Well, I tell you, uh, to help youth, uh, and in this case, uh, it's almost like a two-gen opportunity to help empower mothers uh, to become uh, the most uh, productive women as they possibly can, but definitely helping them to uh, change the trajectory of whatever their past may have been to help promote and educate and nurture uh, productive citizens through their youth is is such a, um, it's my desire. Uh, through my practice here uh, and the opportunity is what um, that's what ultimately drew me to this opportunity. 
Yeah. And for those who don't know really about um, who the Purdue Center of Hope serves and the children that we serve, can you just talk about um, the population that we are providing our social services to and the purpose of youth development at the Purdue Center of Hope? The purpose of youth development services here at the Purdue of Hope is to help um, support moms who are in our programs here, uh, be it uh, the Renewal Place, which is, of course, a program that houses and helps mothers to reestablish their footing in society. Those moms who may be um, addressing drug and alcohol use and addiction uh, and affording them an opportunity to, number one, go through treatment, um, being able to become self-sufficient through uh, employment, education. And, and of course, how can a mom do that if I can't make sure my child is safe? And so, uh, and as well as our moms who are here in the emergency family services, um, who find themselves being in a more temporary situation, but even just to, again, being able to reestablish or just get that time needed to, um, to be able to stabilize, you cannot do that if you don't have your child safely um, positioned um, so that you can go out and do the things you need to do as a mother. Right. And you talked about, you know, um, setting children up for success and, and child safety. One thing we talked about in a workshop we had yesterday was ACEs. Um, can you talk about the role under what ACEs is first? And then can you talk about the role of understanding um, ACEs and how that impacts um, the services you provide to children in youth development services? Well, the thing is, what we learn more as we learn about adverse childhood experiences is that um, I think we all, none of us perhaps has uh, been fortunate enough to escape or to not have uh, experienced ACEs. And the more education we receive or the more understanding we learn is that it's based on the individual's perspective um how well you were able to um, live through an experience as a child um, determines your stabilization as an adult. So when we're discussing um, the adverse childhood experiences and learning that there is a, just such a myriad of um, you know the impact that that a certain experience can have on a child, and you're looking at our position here at Salvation Army, where we provide shelter and uh, stability and um, mental health, as well as drug and alcohol treatment for mothers who are combating um, drug abuse and alcoholism or escaping domestic violence or just homelessness or whatever the situation, therein lies, of course, an obvious uh, impact on that child or on those children because moms can come here and they can have children up to the age of 17. And when you think about, um, when we say we have safety or just taking for granted that a typical child goes to school, leaves home and knows that they can come home to a safe place, a meal, um, a designated room to call their own, that child is perhaps more well um, nurtured or established or comfortable, safe. 
Um, but for a child who goes to school and maybe is picked up in the middle of the day saying, baby, we've got to move quickly. I don't know where we're going. My God, you know, that that's real talk. That's what happens. And uh, we're here to provide not only um, the, the safe place for the children, but affording the opportunity to help moms through um, parenting classes. Um, then helping the children to understand um, how to, helping them to process. We, we're very fortunate to have community partners that immediately meet those uh, mental health needs, but through a social emotional learning curriculum that we also develop, that we also facilitate for the mom and the child so that they can hear the same language as they work, work diligently to develop a family plan. How does this make you feel? What is it that you need? And helping moms to advocate for herself um, is I think uh, the biggest piece of uh, youth development services here. Yeah, and you know, and it's really quiet right now in the building as um, kids are out in school. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, you talked about making sure that they are getting education enrolled in school can come to a safe place. And so, you know, what do you think it means when we say we are not just helping to provide, you know, basic needs for families, but really serving the whole family holistically? What do you think that means? Well, to be in a position that we can, one, um, be in an environment where we definitely want to offer uh, salvation. Um, and then being able to take that opportunity or to offer the salvation of Christ and then meet the needs of the family uh, and then putting them in a position where they are not discriminated against or there's no judgment, but truly to have someone to walk alongside you in an empathetic perspective um, as a mother. Listen, I, I, I don't know that there is a greater task or calling on earth than that of being a mother, but to be able to look at you, to help that sister at that point, to be able to be empowered to say, honey, I've made a mistake too, but to encourage her and let her know that you're standing beside her without judgment so that she can then apologize to herself for being so hard on herself, but looking at that child and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that the decisions I've made have not been the most comfortable, but we're here now and together with God, we're going to do some things differently. So I think that is what affords us the opportunity. That's been the most rewarding for me in this role. Yeah, and I mean, I think that segues into my next question because I've gotten to sit in some of the nurturing um, parenting classes. I know we just had a graduation this yes. month. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us about how those classes have gone and if you have any memories that you know stick out to you when it comes to the women that have gone through those classes? Um, that is that is always so rewarding because I like to, well, one, after each session, um, moms will complete 
there there is an assessment done prior to the ongoing of the uh, the classes so that we get an understanding of the background and so that even though we have a set curriculum we can pull more relevant information um, and then after each session mom is afforded an opportunity to complete a survey so I, I read it weekly, you know, and it has been amazing to hear or to read when they say, you know, I thought I was going to be judged, but no, I wasn't judged or I, I feel now that it's okay to say I'm sorry to my child or I'm learning that I can discipline differently. Uh, it does not have to look like what I thought disciplining is or was in my upbringing. And I think one of the most um one session we were having, Camille, and, and it was early on, and we were just talking about nurturing practices, and I had a mom to stop me, and she said, Miss Rhonda, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what you mean when you say nurturing. You know, yeah. that's real talk, and we can't, um, at that moment, it, it, it lets you um, understand that we all have a different story but your story is not any less valuable than mine. And then it afforded me an opportunity to, to explain to her um, what nurturing means, but more than that, to tell you that I'm so sorry, let me help you, you know, help her to get a voice, to be able to express, how do you feel right now? Mm -hmm. That's nurturing. When you're in a safe place that you can identify what you feel, you can express it and then determine how to act on it. Mm -hmm. that's big because it used to be a time that I had a feeling and I acted on it just on impulse or I acted on it in a protective sense but you are empowered when I can tell you listen I'm not pleased with what you've done and I'm not going to participate you know to give that voice that means I am empowered and not only am I empowered then that's teaching my children how to be able to better handle their emotions. And that means they will be more successful in the family relationship and dynamics at school, socially, because at that point, they're not a prison of their environment. At the Salvation Army of Memphis, we give kids the support they need to thrive. In the classroom, on the playground, at the dinner table, and in the great outdoors. Because our love goes beyond just one season. Together we can do the most good all year round. Learn how at kettle365.org. You know, um, you talked about helping to give mothers hope so that they can, you know, continue to nurture their children. What are some ways that we're also helping to give children hope as well? Like you said, we're serving kids from newborn up until up to 17 years old. And there's just so much that they're facing right now in our community and in our world. And so what are some ways that we're hoping to, or helping to, you know, give them hope and set them up for success? Well, one of the biggest things is, yes, staying engaged and maintaining effective partnerships with our community partners, because um, we want to make certain that if and when there is a need for mental health support, 
that we are immediately uh, engaging as soon as we do an intake of a youth uh, that comes into our program. Um, from there, our programming, um, we're very fortunate. We have um, um, certified teachers that are on site that um, facilitate our educational support programming, meaning they not only assist with homework, but they are there to help mothers to understand what's happening with the, with the homework assignments. Um, of course, with my background, it's been very important to me that I work with moms so that they understand if there is a child who has an individual uh, educational plan for those children who uh, have special education needs to understand uh, what that document means so that we can empower them to ask for certain modifications as warranted. Um, we're very uh, fortunate to also have our coordinators that make certain as soon as a child is enrolled, we're able to immediately, or as soon as availability is, is, is afforded by the, the opportunity that we have that child in a community partnered school or early childhood programming uh, to make, in, to make certain, that helps them socially, that helps them emotionally. And it just affords mom to be able to immediately start her programming um, and, and then our overall programming in the summer, every spring break, every holiday, there is a Camp Hope on site. Um, we're so excited about the summertime because that's when it's more extensive. But three years ago, we facilitated um, a partnership with T.L. Williams Dance Academy, where she does a summer intensive dance program where our youth uh, were introduced to ballet. Um, jazz, um, different genres of dance. And it was so funny because uh, the first summer they were like, Miss Rhonda, we don't do ballet. We don't want to do ballet. But just the exposure and the pride that they demonstrated to be able to present that performance was awesome. Uh, we facilitate um, theater camp with our, our sister organization through the CROC um, and dance, uh, cooking classes and just opportunities to broaden their scope and, and afford them an opportunity to be a child. Um, that's what we're hoping to do. And as we, uh, this summer, we're really excited. Um, we've done book clubs and met with the authors. And so just giving them experiences um, and our community partners from just, you know, We've recently worked with, um, have an ongoing relationship with Code Crew, who's doing a family coding night with our families. And that is awesome because number one, we're hoping to in, in, you know, incite that interest from a youth perspective in, in coding and technology. But if mom is interested enough, there's programming there to, to help her with her career path. And we're working really diligently this summer to really, um, add more career counseling to our middle school children and up uh, to have different exposure to new careers um, and just opportunities to have other field trips. COVID kind of slowed us down, but we're, we have been able to reintegrate into society and we're just looking forward to providing enriched programming that will enhance the quality of life for our children.
Yeah. And that's great. And, you know, I got to see Camp Hope for the first time last year. And I mean, every week there were just so many um, community partners coming in and, mm -hmm. and helping with uh, activities and enrichment. And it was great to see. And I know by the end, I remember the last day, there was a young man that talked about his experience, like with the theater camp part right. of Camp mm -hmm. Hope and how he really wasn't into it at first, but by the end, he really enjoyed it. And he just felt like, you know, he had a, a joy. I remember he said, right. I felt joy. And so what does it feel to see that kind of transformation for one of the children residing at the Purdue Center of Hope? Um, it, it, truly, it is rewarding and empowering, but it also keeps me actively pursuing new opportunities. It, it keeps me um, spending time with them, listening to their interests, um, offering them an opportunity to explore, showing them how to be responsible with use of technology um, so that they can explore new opportunities. Um, but it is such a rewarding feeling and, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to serve in this capacity. Yeah, and speaking of uh, community partners, I know you mentioned Code Crew. We also have several sororities, volunteers, um, that have come through and, and helped um, facilitate different activities for kids enrolled in uh, youth development services. But if people are interested in volunteering or becoming a community partner, what do they need to know and how can they get involved? Well, if people are interested, um, definitely we encourage you um, and to reach out to our volunteer coordinator and make certain that um, you know, they follow the protocol there, but there, there, there has been an ongoing outpouring of longstanding community partners who just Easter is weeks away and our families, our youth have already been blessed with um, Easter apparel, um, Easter baskets, Easter eggs. Um, there's another organization who I don't know how long they extends it seems like 15 20 years that every summer they are on site they provide a literacy camp um, backpacks and school supplies at the beginning of the of the year and listen even though it seems like oh that's awesome we need continuous uh, replenishing that because our families come and go and every time a child comes there's the opportunity to donate uniforms we've had other organizations who uh, continue to donate uniforms. There's never enough because families come and go. And when families leave, of course, whatever uniforms we've been able to provide for them, they take it with them. So we need to replenish those sizes. Um, opportunities, I'd love the opportunity to uh, meet with other business owners who would afford our youth and especially our middle school, high school students an opportunity to come on site and learn what they're doing and learn about their careers. Um, just those immediate needs, but when we're talking about immediate need, career development and counseling is so very important because we're hoping that with the ministry and the word of God going forth here and then implementing it through their integration into society that they will be propelled for greatness. 
thank you so much for joining me and talking about uh, what we provide through YDS and our hopes for the future. Thank you for having me. That wraps up this week's episode of Behind the Red Shield. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Memphis and the Mid-South, you can head to our website at SalvationArmyMemphis.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Salvation Army Memphis. Thanks for listening.